Hello. We are alone now in the labyrinth. <laughs> Evil laugh needs work. Um, I thought it was time I recorded something. It's been a while. Um, and uh, I don't really have much time to do much of anything at the moment, including recording this. And this is why I'm here, really. If um, I just listened to uh, Froth's latest uh, Thought Eater podcast, and um, uh, yeah, and he, he, if you've listened to it, you'll you'll know that he, he mentioned something there that just kind of makes you realise that um, there are many bigger things going on in in everyone's lives outside of this world, and you know, outside the anchor slash osr slash rpg world and um sometimes things can get very very difficult indeed um i haven't had to deal with anything on on that level and uh you know i know you didn't want any outpourings of sympathy but yeah my my heart does go out to you but um but yeah um i haven't had to deal with anything on that level but um there's, uh, yeah, things have been complicated and busy and difficult. Um, but I thought it'd be nice to occasionally check in and just record a few thoughts because um, while I'm not having much chance to write or to play or to blog or any of that, um, my brain is still ticking away. <laughs> the clockwork mouse is trundling along and thinking of stuff so I thought I'd share a few things I've been thinking about. So I guess the main thing I should say right now is um, my ongoing pariah campaign set in this kind of procedurally generated sandbox um, is on in an indefinite an indefinite hiatus owing to um, my inability to um, commit to uh, any regular sessions at the moment, which is a great shame and because it's been a really, really fun campaign. I think we've played something in the order of 30-odd sessions. I, I've got it on the blog. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and there's been um, quite a revolving cast of characters and players um, with some notable um uh regulars and some also notable <laughs> irregulars uh, it's, it's been a really great campaign just to explore the game and other people's interpretations of of pariah and uh but also just for the social aspects it's been really nice hanging out with some interesting and funny and uh you know fun people um but unfortunately i can't really continue with that um Amazingly, though, uh, Lewis, who, if you're on Discords, you might know him as Gen2K, or indeed if you watch any of uh, Garblag Games' live streams, you may have seen him playing a few of their Mutant uh, Year Zero, Alien, um, Star Trek, a few of their games. Um, yeah, he has um, been developing his own pariah sandbox 
and um, which I had the good fortune to play in um, a while back. Uh, and he's still managing to run that on, on the service. That's really cool. Kind of wish I could play in it myself. But um, yeah, but it's just really nice to have made something and then for other people to pick it up and to do their own thing with is, it kind of blows me away a little bit. Um, so that's my current gaming status. Um, and speaking of games, I was able to play in another, or actually two other games. One of them was an uh, OSC game run by uh, the same Lewis I just mentioned. Um, unfortunately, we only got to do one session, which is a great shame because I, st I have a long-standing ambition of playing uh, as a magic user slash wizard character in a fairly traditional or old-school game, and... It still remains only partially fulfilled, um, but uh, we will hopefully have a chance to find out what comes of uh, Medamina Madani, and her name is a, is an anagram, and no one's worked it out yet, and I'm disappointed that they haven't. Um, no one, like the, the, the four other people I play with. <laughs> um, but in addition to that, I have been playing in uh, Barney's, uh, Barney of uh, Loco Ludus, um, and I'm always tempted to say uh, Luke <laughs> uh, Ludo Locus, um, haha. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Barney has um, you know you probably if you listen to this you probably listen to his podcast um, has been developing with Spencer. And uh, some others, I don't know who else is involved, but I've been developing a, a, a game, a Mesolithic game set in the alluvial plains of the uh, of Doggerland, the missing strip that once joined uh, the Isles of Britain to um, the continental mainland of Europe. I'd never really thought about the political subtext to that until this very moment. Um, hmm. I think we're all bored of talking about Brexit or hearing other people talk about it, so maybe I'll spare you that. Um, the game has been immense fun. Uh, it's been uh, obviously me, <laughs> um, Spencer, uh, Safer of Safer Fantasy Crafting, uh, uh, Andy, uh, Andy Goodman of um uh expedition to grizzly peaks um for a time um colin uh spike pit colin green um i think that's all of us um and uh your barney's talked about this in his podcast a few times i've got a few thoughts uh i don't know if i really have time now so i'm just gonna just say it's been it was really, really fun, and I'm kind of gutted not to be continuing uh, the final um, episode of uh, of that exciting um, mini campaign. Because I think it did turn into a mini campaign. I don't think, and this is based on just on what he said and what he's broadcast, I don't think Barney had uh, a real 
plot or adventure hook or anything in mind. It just kind of evolved as we um, joined a family of Mesolithic traders, craftsmen, um, as uh, they ventured to Braylam for a kind of big ceremonial meet slash trading session. Um, and uh, things just kind of got out of hand. Uh, and, you know, multiple murders. And it sort of turned into a family crime drama. Um, and then uh, Safer was talking about um, how I, Claudius, um, had apparently, uh, the cast didn't really get to grips with what the material until they decided that they were essentially playing out a mafia drama, um, but in the classical period. And uh, yeah, there's an element of that, except more like a kind of East End gangster uh, family. But I guess that, I mean, not like a gangster family. I think it's more like, there's like a, there's a spectrum, isn't there? There's like the family that people, you know, they're solid. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you wouldn't mess with them. They wouldn't necessarily do, they wouldn't do something morally wrong, but what they consider morally right might also run counter to the law very occasionally. Um sort of people you'd go to if you had a problem. I guess I'm starting to sound like uh, <laughs> this is Ray Liotta at the beginning of Goodfellas. Yeah, how the the mob were the the <laughs> were like the cops but for wise guys or something like that. Yeah, um but yeah, that but in Mesolithic Britain. Yeah, very enjoyable, especially the final moments pursuing a, a shaman. Or were they really a shaman? We know they they were an imposter and they definitely used a few tricks to um, get the better of my character, Shallow, who um, ended up dying. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a few more things to say, I think, but I don't really have time and this is just very improvised because I'm just getting some thoughts out of my head uh other things I've been thinking about so Pariah volume two which I've been kind of I've got like a 20,000 word document just sat there that needs trimming down it's um an adventure site um which is going back to the original concept I had of paleolithic tribes entering an abandoned neolithic city and uh, kind of dealing with what um, what they find there, sort of um, the vibe of roadside picnic, but in ten thousand BC, but not BC because it's in a non-Earth world and a real fantasy world. Um, yeah, so that sat there and taunting me and I had planned to do that for Zine Quest 3 this year but things got complicated and it's still there so that will see the light of day at some point. I have put some stuff up on the blog before about that, mainly about the others like a, a weird spirit slash monstrous slash extraterrestrial precursor 
race type thing. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff though, and I've, I don't know if I've got too many tables and not enough pros because um, I, yeah. But um, anyway, it will see the light of day one at some point, hopefully this year. Um, so there's that, and also like uh, the some wilderness sandbox generation tools. I've I've just got piles and piles of this stuff and I tried to put some of it into a PDF which I put up on itch but I'm really not happy with the way that turned out basically I wanted to make some stuff where people who did me the great service of investing in the zine that I made then had material to run their own adventures because I don't think you can really do that out of that zine you can just kind of make some characters and and there's some ideas there and you get an impression of the world, but I don't think you can just like, yeah, I, I want to just give people some more tools to run their own campaigns. But um, yeah, that's in the pipeline. Um, if you do read my blog, you'll also know that I've been trying out a few different methods for procedural generation for the those parallel spirit realms, which characters can visit through the consumption of entheogens uh, or entheogens as uh, it was pronounced to me the other day incidentally it is an anagram of stonehenge and i'm amazed and astounded every time i remember that but i'm more amazed and astounded by how few people are amazed and astounded by this fact stonehenge you rearrange the letters it spells entheogens no yeah, maybe I spent too much time uh, on holiday in the West Country in the 90s, going into wooden cat shops and talking to people who smell of patchouli oil. Um, yeah, it's infected me, obviously. Uh, yeah, so um, procedural generation for parallel adventure sites. And one of them, which I think was particularly strong, was um, the one for the Realm of the Dead. I think that would probably make a, a pretty strong publication out of that. I had an idea for kind of um, using an exquisite corpse type book, you know, the thing the children have with like a head, body and legs and you flip pages and it different combinations. I think uh, Goblin's Henchman's talked about this before on Twitter. Um, I'd mentioned it um, to Cave Girl, Emmy uh, uh, Allen last year, um, when they were talking about a uh, Swordfish Islands, we're going to do a remaster of Stygian Library. I thought it would have been a really good uh, opportunity to do something like that. Um, in the end, the Soul Muppet remaster, I think, is really lovely. I especially love the uh, illustrations by Alec Oddsblood. Um, yeah, so that's something. What am I saying? Land of the Dead, procedural generation thing on its way. And of course, being unable to play or run anything, I spend a lot of time thinking about what I would do if I had that opportunity. And 
this probably has a level of intensity to it which is not really necessary for the content I'm delivering but I'm kind of whispering into the microphone in the corner of my room vaguely conscious of the fact that I've got quite a lot of saliva in my mouth and it's probably making horrible noises anyway I recently acquired Worlds Without Number in hardback the Kevin Crawford fantasy RPG slash world building tool mainly for the world building stuff although I'm already already I'm always intrigued to see what people do with the basic chassis um how they reskin you know the bare bones of the game we all know and adore um but uh what I really wanted, because um, I've not really been able to sit down and read it, was to listen to other people um, experimenting with those world building and faction building features. And uh, my friends over at Garblag Games, in this case Pete and Ben, have run through a few sessions. I'll try and link those in the show notes. Um, but I got through that fairly quickly and I wanted more because I'm trying to find stuff to listen to when I'm working and um, ended up through, thanks to the almighty algorithm, listening into one of um, Ben, crikey, you know, Ben, questing beast Ben. Ludifex, can't remember his surname, but came through to his um, uh, one of his reviews of Godbound, which was an earlier Kevin Crawford RPG. I think he did it after Stars Without Number. Um, and it just got me thinking about those epic level adventures slash immortal level adventures that I never really was able to run when I was first exploring the original Beckme and uh, Challenger editions of 80s, 90s D&D. And I suddenly thought, well, I, I probably would quite like to run one of those campaigns. It's really quite different from the normal old school affair because um you know you're playing nine vulnerable characters with godlike powers but yeah anyway so that's in my head so I was just thinking something like a real straight up rule cyclopedia game but where the characters start at really high level given the chance to embark on a quest for immortality if any of them make it that would kick off a immortals campaign using the Wrath, Wrath of the Immortals box set, um, but using some of the faction turn stuff from Godbound. So yeah, that's in my head. And then, yeah, going back to Worlds Without Number, what I really want to do when I have time is um, 
sit down with somebody the same way Ben and Pete did on Garblag and just do a run through of some of the world building features, kind of record it, um, whether, you know, just audio or fully audio visual, I don't know. But, um, you know, we have technology now. I just think it'd be fun. I spoke to the aforementioned Lewis, Gen 2K, and he seems quite up for that. But, you know, it's going to be one of those things where we just make the time. And likewise, um, I'm really hoping to find the time to, at some point in the near future, get back uh, in touch with some of um, my friends back in uh, Vietnam and uh, record a session with them. Um, <clears throat> mainly because uh, a lot of the, um, the Pariah material I play tested with them and even had some design input in terms of uh, my friend uh, Felicia made the uh, one of the character sheets and I just want to give them the chance to try out the new material I made for this uh, City of Ghosts Pariah Volume 2 thing <clears throat> sorry god what's happening to my voice um, yeah, but again, time, time, time. Yeah, so that's about it. I just wanted to get something down and out there and communicate with you, if you, any of you are still there. Um, uh, you know, time is limited, but hopefully I can snatch a few minutes here and there and record some snippets. And uh, I, I know I'll be dialing into a few of the anchor podcasts out there. Um, I guess one question would be... Um, if I could put this out there, because I'm, now I'm in this position of not really being able to play, what are those kind of campaigns that you think about running in your head but you've never got around to doing? So whether that's a specific system or world or adventure or just an original idea that you've just never quite managed to, the stars haven't aligned where you can get a group together and, and run it. Or perhaps you you just something you'd love to play in, but... You're a forever GM and don't get the chance to do that. Uh, <laughs> have I just done a, yeah, why don't you uh, give me a call or like and subscribe and leave a comment below? <laughs> um, yeah, I have done that. Yeah, um, catch you later. Oh, one last thing. So I've mentioned Garblag Games a couple of times. One of the people I met on the Discord there who was a regular uh, player in a lot of their stream shows, uh, Pat, a.k.a. The Spider Queen is running a Kickstarter for uh, original game content that she's created called Changed Stars. Um, yeah, it's a kind of uh, luxury space communism um, sci-fi, yeah, semi-hard <laughs> sci-fi uh, with... Uh, cool insectoids and space otters so yeah it's pretty wicked um, I'll put a link below change stars alright bye bye